Hello, listeners. Happy Sunday. We're here with another bonus for you. This time, another top 10 favorites list. This time, the 90s. Our personal favorite top 10 films of the 1990s. Arguably the best decade in film to some. Yeah. Uh, A lot of big names came out of this decade. Richard Linklater, Quentin Tarantino, the Coen brothers, Frank Darabont. Like, just unbelievable. And it was the birth of Pixar. It was... Oh, my God. And like our past uh, two, the 2010s and the 2000s, we're going to do two individual lists, mine and Austin's. We're going to back and forth it and just talk about the time t- the 10 <coughs> films that we absolutely adore from this decade. Yeah, which is which is very, very difficult. Yeah. To uh, I would say mutually this is our favorite decade, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I really adore the seventies, but the nineties is I've seen a lot from that. I think you feel the same way. We just um, and I know you have a like a personal attachment to the eighties, yeah, because you have a lot of like personal favorites in that. True, and I feel the way about the seventies. So I think when we do those, we'll see. It'll be a lot of fun. I think we're gonna see a lot of differences in those. But this one, like you said, it, it's kind of currently in two thousand twenty. The guys that I look at as like the masters of the game, they came out of this. Decade. They kind of came out of here, or, or, or found their bread and butter here, like oh, yeah. the, like the Coens. Um, and then you know, have you have stri- the birth of Quentin Tarantino as a filmmaker. You have the birth of Paul Thomas Anderson as a filmmaker. It's insane. <laughs> it's an insane time. Uh, not to mention that Martin Scorsese has some of his best work. Uh, you know, just it's unreal. And I think you mentioned Pixar. Yeah, computers. Computers came to be a thing uh, and really got involved in movies. And CGI really, yeah, became yeah. You know, usable. Yeah. It's a big, big deal. So, uh, yeah, it's so hard to choose from this decade because there's so many favorites, of course, because that's how it's going to be for every decade. But it was the diversity of films here. There's films that are about monsters. There's film horror films. There's, you know, the comedies in the 90s or so, you know, the Dumb and Dumbers, the, the Adam Sandler stuff all these things that are like hard to fit into your top 10 list, but you're like, man, I love the, <laughs> what a time, what a time. So this can be a lot of fun. Yes, indeed. I can't wait to see. I think we both predicted that we'll have the most overlay yeah. in this top 10. Absolutely. Meaning I, you know, I think we're both going to have maybe four or five <laughs> of the same films, but it's going to be very interesting to see where we have them. Oh, for sure. And I think without further ado, let's get started. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And welcome to Filmgasm. So let's begin. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I've gone first the both other the other times. I'll let you finish off. Okay. Uh, so my number ten, I believe, will be on yours. Maybe not. It's gonna be from 1991, the Best Picture winner, actually, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Ah. Yep, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so where's that for you? That is my number five. All right, so what I want to do here with that is we're going to really talk about that one later. That's your number five. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, Silence of Lambs, incredible. Uh, it's actually my only best picture winner. Um, yeah. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. All right. So that's at your number five, my 10. So uh, we'll let you get to your 10 and we'll talk about Sons of Lambs in more depth later. Okay. If that's fine with you. Yeah, we can do it that way. Sure. So my number 10 is a personal favorite I've loved my entire life. Uh, 
it's kind of a horror film, kind of an action film, kind of a fantasy film. Depends on really how you look at it and what age you watch it. 1999's The Mummy. Hell yeah, I knew that was coming somewhere. <laughs> All right, good start. The Really the start of Brendan Fraser as an action star. Uh, the true start of Rachel Weiss's career. And a fun movie. <laughs> it, it's just such an entertaining watch. They did such a smart uh job steven summers did such a smart job of remaking this uh it was the universal classic from 1932 starring karloff revamped for a modern audience using um arnold Vosloo as imhotep an actor who i don't think got enough credit for his awesome performance and it's funny it's scary it gave me nightmares as a kid but it also made me laugh and it stayed with me my whole life entertaining as hell yeah i yeah. played the the playstation one video game i've had that for years it's terrible but it's really fun it's a pain in the ass i still haven't beat it my entire life i was playing it earlier today actually <laughs> but uh yeah and i love the sequel the mummy returns uh just as much and the third one can bite me it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't ready for that that's hilarious they tried to remake it in 2017 with tom cruise and it just crashed and burned really hard because it was awful because this is the kind of lightning in a bottle super cheese that you can't capture again. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love it. That's a fantastic start. I knew that was coming. Have you seen that in theaters? I did. Yeah. The, the I, mummy. I took, uh, took my cousin miles shout out to see the mummy, uh, movie party, uh, last year sometime. And it was really fun. Yeah. They gave us, uh, some kind of, I think like a little scared beetle and, uh, they had a mummy wrapping contest. It was fun. It was really fun. It's fantastic. It's cool seeing that on the big screen. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so for 1999, I wrote for the website for Filmgasm, I wrote my top five 1999. Yeah. Do you have any other 1999s on here? I I don't. Wow. Okay, so my question now is, since they won't be, won't spoil anything, yeah. what's your second favorite movie from 1999? Off the top of your head. So you got, you know, yeah. Matrix, you know, uh, Fight Club, you got, what else is going on? Talented Mr. Ripley, Office Space, you got American Pie, you know, it's just like a legendary year. Second, I'm curious to know what your, yeah, what your second favorite would be. Second favorite is probably The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. That's a wild movie. That was my, that's my third favorite. Yeah. I love Fight Club. That's my second. Fight Club's yeah. great. Fight Club yeah. is great. But there's something about some movies I've, I've had with me my whole life and it's really tough to, you know, branch off of that. Yeah. Like they're going to be in my favorites forever. I feel you. Yeah. And the matrix is one of those, but every other movie on this list eclipses that just ever so slightly. Hell yeah. Well, like that's the point of it, man. 11, the matrix. Is <laughs> there you go. I love that. <laughs> love that. All right. Well, number nine, shall we? All right. Uh, my number nine will be, uh, 1993's menace to society. Oh, uh, directed by written and directed by the Hughes brothers. That would be Alan and Albert Hughes. Um, starring Lorenz Tate, Tyron Taylor, the Tyron Turner. That's not really the point. Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, the storytelling here is the point. Yeah. Minister Society is uh, as in-depth and thought-provoking as it gets. Storytelling of a specific time and place. Um, you know, South Central Los Angeles. Uh, you know, 90s. Obviously, huge moment in the rap industry and what's going on culture wise. Uh, and this movie is a little bit more like, Oh, actually this is what it's like to live here. That sort yeah. of thing. This is what it's like to grow up here. The, the things you have to kind of deal with. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've adored this movie ever since I saw it, it scares the shit out of me, honestly. 
um, as it should. It has moments in it that are supposed to kind of rock you. Um, I, I know you saw this recently, so yes. w- w- what do you think of Menace to Society? I thought it was a, a great uh, look into that kind of life, especially, like, you know, I I grew up in a mountain town in Maryland. I know nothing of this world. And to see kind of a a, a, a look through the window in such a raw, unapologetic way, I thought it was really brilliant. And uh, admittedly, though, it, it, for me, I always look at every movie from a story and creative standpoint. That's just the way I think. Yeah. It did drag a little bit at times, but it did. I did get into it, and it did. I did find uh, something. Yeah. There. It yeah. Took me a while. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but I think around the end of the second act, I started to get invested, and then once uh, our main character turns his back on the pregnant woman, then I'm yeah. like, oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just got really dark. Yeah, so so the main character is you know Kane and his his buddy O Dog. I mean, it opens up the film opens up with a br- br- brutal scene of yeah. them robbing a, a a convenience store and murdering the people who who run it. And it you know immediately kind of is either like you're in or you're out. You know, this True. is the kind of but in that scene, the convenience store clerks are super racist to that. Horrible, like, horrible. Know, Following them around and telling yeah. them not to steal and get yeah. out of our store, and it, yeah, they reacted horribly, saying stuff about their moms. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So disrespecting them. Yeah, disrespect both ways. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is a very gray movie. Very much. It is not a like, oh, well, you know, that's the point. That's why I. That's why I like it because there are there are far too many movies that leave you like, it's gonna be okay. That is just not how it is sometimes. The that main theme not, of that movie that I got from it was really was disrespect like everyone's a dick and yeah. that's just kind of the way life works sometimes. and you know kane says what goes around comes around there you know? are no heroes yeah it's, no yeah, yeah. I, I find the performances you know samuel jackson has a performance at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. cap- captivating as hell uh it yeah it, it it's just one of those movies that kind of uh, of course, the goal is to take, you know, I want to be taken away. But it really brings you into a world that, like you said, you're from, like, the, the mountains. I, I, you know, these are not <laughs> from the mountains in Maryland. Lacona. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, you know, you know, it's different. It's just a way different setting and vibe to be inside of. And But I love seeing stories from parts of society that I know nothing about. Yeah. Because then I feel like Agreed. I know a little bit more. Agreed. Yeah. And then not to mention the soundtrack. My God. Oh my, yeah. My <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I find a lot of these 90s movies to just have, you know, <laughs> just unbelievable soundtracks. And Menace Society is one of those, yeah. It's a great movie. I'm really glad you got to watch it. Um, yeah, I encourage anyone who, who likes, good, yeah, again, good good storytelling to, to go check it out. Right on, man. What's your number nine? My number nine is the debut film from Pixar Studios, 1995's Toy Story. Yes. <laughs> one of my all-time favorite animated movies a true gem that could have made or destroyed an entire industry depending on its quality and it was so good it changed the landscape for animated films nobody had ever done this before a completely fully computer generated movie and thanks to the vocal performances of tom hanks and tim allen and john ratzenberger and wallace Shawn and don rickles this movie was so funny and so endearing and 
it came out the year I was born, 1995. Yes. So I grew up with Toy Story and Toy Story 2. And then when Toy Story 3 came out, I was in the middle of high school on my way to college. So it's kind of reflected my life, this franchise, which is pretty remarkable. No other franchise has done that. Except no. Maybe Harry Potter. But Toy Story, still to this day, is really funny and really smart and just enjoyable. Uh, absolute gem. It's a heartwarming movie. Absolute about friendship gem. and family and finding your place in the world. Yeah. Hey, if I if I had a animated film in my top, it would most certainly be Toy Story or A Bug's Life. I love both of those. But yeah, Toy Story is like he said. Um, I'm all you know. I'm also we were both born in '95, and it just has stayed with us. Yeah. All the way till yeah till just a few months back. Toy Story Four, which with, was really good. With a, one of like my top twenty films of the year. Yeah, it was great. So I just. Yeah, I, it's very it's an important part of our life for sure, I, and it's it's not just that it's good. It's it is really good, damn good and damn funny. It's still like even you know I watched it a couple months ago. It doesn't look poorly animated. No. It doesn't. It hasn't lost any of that. Pixar, that's pretty amazing. Pixar is gorgeous because there's a lot of '90s like Disney movies that don't hold up anymore, like Pocahontas, but Toy Story still has it. It still has that Pixar spark. Yes. That no other animated studio knows what to do, know how to do. It's amazing. Every single one of their films has such a raw wave of emotion that is just incredible. Yeah. Everything they've done has had that needle right into your heart. That oomph. Yeah. yeah. Even their sequels. Right on. I love Pixar. Me too. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, uh, number number eight here. I don't think you've seen this one. It'd be 1991 Linklater's Slacker. I have not. Uh, that'd be Linklater's first film, technically. You know, he had some shorts and whatnot. The guy's a genius. Uh, he's in this one as well, which is cool. He's in the first scene. So the film is very basic. It is, uh, say, say you and I are talking right now, right? And the camera is focused on both of us. And then I'm like, all right, man, I, I got to go. The camera decides to stay with you or go with me. Decides to go with me. So now I go down the stairs and I go in my car and I drive and I go meet someone for coffee. Now the camera's with me and that guy having coffee. And the camera goes with that guy after we're done having coffee. You know, so it never stops. It keeps moving. It's just a day in Austin, Texas. So it's downtown Austin. There's sites that you'll, you might recognize. This is early 90s, but uh, there might be streets you recognize. Very cool. Very cool movie. Very cool idea. Um, I've always... I've always looked at this as inspiration for myself. Like I, I can do that. I could, I can do that and make something interesting with just, um, you don't need millions of dollars. You know, you can just me and you, you know, like let's, let's hash it out. Let's figure out something with, with our conversation. There's specific scenes I adore from this, that, um, it's not just them talking. That's what they're saying. Of course, <laughs> there's a guy who's obsessed with the JFK assassination and he's at the library telling this girl about all these books, telling her about all these books. And, and she's like, all right, man, you know, like, <laughs> it's not really what I'm looking for, you know? And she like moves on and there's like another guy who's like, man, you know, like it's just all nineties culture, of course, you know, and things that have happened in the past then, you know, nothing fascinating time capsule almost where it literally is a day in the life of Austin, Texas. Uh, I, yeah, I adore link later is, we mentioned him earlier. He's one of those guys that arrived, well, was born in the 90s for filmmaking and then really arrived, you know, 
days confused, you know, I mean, just before sunrise, you know, and then he moves on to school of rock and bad news bears and boyhood and everybody wants him. He's just, he's the man, you know, and this is this I've always said is my favorite movie by him. I, I still stand by that. I, it's his bread and butter. It's like what he, that's what he's best at is just that simplicity. Let's just talk me and you like, let's just figure something out. And that's what I love about him. And I think, yeah, slackers it's at its best. Right on. man. One of my favorite things about the nineties is it was the first decade where people realized that they could just go out and make a movie with their friends. Yeah. Yeah. The invention of uh, digital video, you know, encouraged filmmakers like Linklater and Kevin yes. Smith and Robert Rodriguez to do new things exactly. on the cheap. Yeah. And it showed that for the first time, anybody can do this. Yeah. If you just believe in the work. And then there's an audience for like yeah. everything. Exactly. Like clerks, you close to clerks. You like clerks. I love clerks. Yeah. I, I like, I almost, I almost put it on this list. I love clerks and it's just yeah. s- stupid. You know, it's just <laughs> people. And you know, I've got friends who would say like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I still want like there to be cinematography and like something at work and like things going on. And uh, I, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I like to have, movie. I want difference. Yeah. I want, I want to have that athletic type filmmaking where it's like all over the place, like Roger Deakins. And I want to have the simple, just look at this guy's face. Yeah. I want to have both. What's wrong with a little bit El of El Mariachi work? is Rodriguez with a video camera for like 15 grand. Yeah. And it's yeah. a badass movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I need to let you borrow this. I mean, you know, I've owned it forever. I, I need to let you borrow it so you can yeah. just kind of dive in. I also, on the, the DVD I have of Slacker, it has some cool bonuses. It has a couple of his shorts from prior, from oh, the cool. 80s. So right really on. cool. Yeah. Awesome stuff. He's just, he's just thinking, thinking a little bit outside the box, which I appreciate, you know? As cliche as that is, I appreciate that. So, all right. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. What's your number eight? My number eight is a horror comedy, the third installment of Sam Raimi's Evil Dead trilogy, 1992's Army of Darkness. Very nice. Bruce Campbell plays Ash Williams, badass zombie fighter, killer of the Deadites, gets sucked into a time portal, ends up in the Middle Ages where he is the prophesized one who has to help these idiots these primitive screwheads take down the deadite horde and it's fucking awesome. It's one of the most entertaining films ever made. It is so great. Bruce Campbell at his finest. I can echo that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm staring at a poster. Oh yeah. I've got evil dead shit all over this apartment. (laughs) It's one of my favorite. It might be my favorite horror franchise. And it's yeah, that's yeah. That's that's totally fair. Sam Raimi did wonders with that evil dead one and two are fucking great <coughs> but army of darkness is his masterpiece yes yes <laughs> definitely a, a, a contender for my list for sure for sure hard, said, to, yeah. hard to pass up i did i got to see that on the big screen as well nice uh where's got i got that foam chainsaw up there i got a foam chainsaw for the draft house and uh i had you gave me one of you i think yeah. you had an extra one yeah. yeah yeah i've done a couple of i've seen evil dead two twice so I get foam chainsaws all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just got a pile of them. Yeah. <laughs> Add it to the pile. And I've actually met Bruce Campbell on three separate occasions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, I don't did, know if I've didn't you win a, you, you won You won a trivia that one time. I did, yeah. I won yeah. San Antonio's installment of Last Fan Standing, Bruce Campbell's traveling trivia contest. So cool. Where 
I got to meet the man and answer nerd trivia questions for, for uh, prizes. The man. And I won the show. And of course you did. Autograph poster and a whole bunch of cool shit. And yeah, if for anybody, any uh, Texas listeners out there, I am the undisputed king nerd of San Antonio. So bring it on. <laughs> Challenge. I have a certificate from the man himself. Yeah. Army darts. <laughs> Ah, bring it on. Email at Neil Before Zod or yeah. AS Johnson 1995. Oh, yeah. Gmail. Uh, if you really want to, yeah, if you want to <laughs> battle at some trivia, we'll set that up. <laughs> or you just go straight to filmgasm at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, if you think you've got what it takes. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever coming back in town to do that, but I got to defend my title. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> and, and we want more and more people to come out, you know? <laughs> The more challengers, the better. And know? he's the coolest, nicest dude. By yeah. The way, Bruce no, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> cool. All right. Moving on. Wow. All right. Uh, getting down to the nitty gritty here. Number seven. That would be, uh, for me, this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. 1996. Bottle Rocket. <laughs> uh, his first film. And it's written by himself and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson uh, you know, this movie bombed bad, 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 bad. People like walked out of the, you know, initial screenings. Um, didn't understand it. People were like, what the fuck is going on? Owen Wilson's like, well, this isn't for me, obviously. So he like enlisted to be in the Marines. And whatever happened, something happened. It got some sort of audience. Bottle Rocket did. Don't, it was like a miracle that, you know, and just caught wave and, Wow. Now, you know, obviously now it's looked at as like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's Wes's first movie, you know? Uh, and I, you know, I, of course I bought it like just cause I'm a big fan, you know, when I watched, you know, Budapest Hotel that came out, what, 2014, 15? Yeah. yeah 14. So, so, you know, big deal. You know, I'm 19 years old and I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is awesome. You know, I have to see everything he's done. And he immediately became one of the guys, you know, he's like an auteur, you know, Moonrise Kingdom and Darjeeling. Yet another amazing director that came out of the 90s. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, he has Bottle Rocket first and then Rushmore in 98 and then Royal Tenenbaums in 01. Like, wow, you know, here he, here's this guy. Uh, this is my favorite that he's done. It was hard to not put this higher. I feel really, really connected to it. I quote it all the time. But no one knows what I'm talking <laughs> No one knows what I'm talking about. Not a lot of people that I, I guess I, I know have seen it. Um, I try to share it with my friends and... And my brothers and whatnot, and try to share the share the good news of Bottle Rocket. But it to me is spread the word. It, it is you know, it's a comedy, you know, for sure. But it's so damn dry that you know. Well, that's Wes Anderson. Yeah, but this one even more than than all the others is is comedy. Like I think you know, I think Rush Rushmore's comedy, but it definitely has like a. The story, you know, there's this kid and this older man who are like in love with the same woman. Have you seen Rushmore? I don't know if I no. just. Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Rural Tindemoms, you've seen? No. Rural Tindemoms has some very, very dark, dark moments. I am very. I've only seen Grand Budapest and The Life Aquatic. See, even Ball Rocket, it's much more like dry than I would say Budapest. Okay. Uh, Ball Rocket is like, yeah, it's goofy as hell. But I, I, I don't know. I just connect with it. I, it's hard to explain. It's one of those that is just personal. It's just, I just love it. Yeah. I uh, can't wait for you to see it. I think, yeah. I think you're going to crack up. Like it's, I'm sure I will. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's pretty Texan too. 
I tend to like, you know, I'm from here. You know, I, I tend to like that. I'm pretty, just like most of us, pretty prideful and arrogant about it. <laughs> That's how we are. At least I'm willing to admit it. Most of us aren't. Uh, but I, yeah, I find I find a lot of pride in Linklater and Wes Anderson. Uh, so yeah, I, I you know I had Slacker and Bottle Rocket back to back. That's all I have of them though. So oh. uh, from here on out, it's it, it got really hard. But I'm telling you, like Bottle Rocket was hard. You know what I'm talking about. There's movies that we haven't said that yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was hard because it's hard to compare Bottle Rocket to those because it's it's just so silly and so goofy. But I felt strong enough about it to put it there. So uh, yeah, I love it, man. I I can't say enough about it. How funny it is. Yeah, go check it out. I will for sure. I I'm long overdue on a Wes Anderson marathon. Well, we'll do him for something. I yeah, I'm obsessed, man. I I think he, you know, I think a lot of people think his is like it's some of it's gimmicky and you know the, the symmetry and I find that all to be, hard, like, he must be doing that. You know, he has that vision, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's of his these, style of these box sets. You know, yeah. you know they're like just gorgeous with all these colors. I like that. I, I, I don't, you know, I just do. I've, I've fallen for it. I've, you know, I've time and time again, every, every one of his movies, I, I adore. Yeah. Something about it. So bottle rockets, that one that just stands out just over time. As I've seen them all like 20 times, bottle rockets, the one that stays, stays with me. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to get on that for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Sure I can't wait that. to quote it with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A damn fool. <laughs> That was seven? All yes, right. sir. My number seven is... It's... Yeah, all right, fine. I'll finally say it. It's my favorite Tim Burton movie. Here we go. 1996's Mars Attacks. Woo! <laughs> I love it. His underrated masterpiece that brings together Jack Nicholson, Michael J. Fox, Jack Nicholson again, dual roles, Annette Bening, yes. Pierce Brosnan, Glenn Close, Natalie Portman, Tom Jones... Come on. It's great. Rod Steiger as just idiots dealing with an alien invasion. These Martians show up. They want to fuck everything up. They keep trying to cause a peaceful resolution, but the Martians are like, no, we're taking this shit. And it's it's so much fun. It's such a funny, quirky, weird movie based on a card game. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Yeah, Danny Elfman, I think, I think his score is chilling. It gives me the like goosebumps every time I hear it. It's an absolute gem. And the reason it failed was because it came out the same year as Independence Day. Yes. And it was the deep impact to Armageddon, you know? Exactly. It's one of those. But Mars Attacks is vastly superior to Independence Day, which I also love. But this movie is just so much fun. And it's awesome to see Jack Nicholson play both the president and a gambling tycoon. Oh, yeah. No, Jack is great. Jack's the man. My favorite story about this movie is that when Burton was putting this together, the production told him, all right, you can cast, you can have Jack Nicholson, but you're not allowed to kill him. So what Burton did was he cast Jack Nicholson in two roles and killed him twice. <laughs> Burton the man. Young, Bur- young Burton was cool. Burton, you know, he'd already worked with Jack on Batman. So yeah, they, exactly. They had a camaraderie yeah. going. Danny DeVito's also in this as this asshole gambler. <laughs> Perfect. Throwing craps while the president's making a what's historic speech about life discovered on Mars. Yeah, it's always fun seeing DeVito <laughs> and Nicholson together because of One Flew yeah. the Cuckoo's Nest. And there's so many interconnecting stories that no one really shares any screen time because 
there's like six or seven different stories. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. But it's cool to see these Martians, which have a unique design of these, you know, giant brain, you know, ah, 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 and all that shit. It's so great. Yeah, Mars Attacks has been one of my favorite movies. Fantastic. <laughs> I love that. I had it on tape as a child. <laughs> I went through a phase where I lost my DVD and I was devastated. <laughs> I found it. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I got it. <laughs> all right. Whew. <laughs> Well, yeah. uh, this next one, I got a feeling you definitely have. Okay. <laughs> so that, that would be my number six is uh, from 1994. Uh, that'd be the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Overlap. Mm-hmm. Where is that for you? That's my number two. Woo! <laughs> Woo-wee! Alrighty then. Yeah. I, fi- I figured, I figured. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, we just, you know, Shawshank is... Obviously, we feel very strongly about oh, it. We just talked about it. It's a beautiful film. Uh, what, what, what episode was that? That was our bonus for The Mist. Yeah. That I'm was a, our last... I'm going to look it up officially, yeah. but yeah, I mean Shawshank. What? We recorded that on New Year's Eve. We recorded half of it in 2019 and half of it in 2020, which is really... Yeah, funny. it's bonus 28. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic movie. Wonderful episode. And yeah, for more on that, you can check out our bonus but well, we went into great detail, but for now, oh, I'll let you t- tackle this one and I'll do my thoughts when we get to number two. Uh, yeah. I'm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I still have five movies, obviously, but the Shawshank Redemption is the, f- the first one I saw out of any of them. Out of any of this, the top six. Really? The Shawshank I saw. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw I was pretty young and I just immediately, you know, that was one of the first good movies I saw where I was like, oh, that, all right, <laughs> that, they can do that, you know? I didn't know who Tim Robbins was, you know? I knew who Morgan Freeman was because of, not because he, not because of Morgan Freeman, but because of, you know, like, Bruce Almighty, you know? Yeah. Um, this, yeah, like, you know, I'm, yeah, I don't think it's an understatement to say, like, it changed my life because now I'm so obsessed with movies and I still have the poster that I've had for ages, you know? I've had the poster up, you know? I, yeah, it's just so, so dear to me. Uh, oh, should have won Best Picture. It should have. Jesus H. Christ. There's another movie from this year that I think we're going to talk about again. But <laughs> when we're talking about just, just fucking solid, good, complete for everybody, everybody can find something in it. Uh, Shawshank is it. It's the definition of that. People need to see Shawshank. They do. It's not just the best prison movie. It's like the best male camaraderie movie. It's the highest rated uh, film on IMDb. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't, there's nothing, there's so, so much has been said about it. I don't even know what else to say about it. It's that sort of thing. And somehow, some way we found, um, we found like an hour of content to talk about the movie, obviously the book, you know, Stephen King. <laughs> it's just this monstrous, beautiful, beautiful piece of art. Yeah. That I'll, I'll always hold. Yeah, very tight. Uh, obviously, again, I have five more movies and I, I know i know you feel it's hard it's just really hard uh shawshank will always be there though yeah it's <laughs> you, never going away even if it like you know gets even if it got to that number 10 spot i'd be like no i'm i'm keeping it though <laughs> it's not getting cut I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll cut the one that's number nine <laughs> yeah. it's in my number two so it's it's not going yeah away. i know i know i i know you love it more than i do um yeah which is you know <laughs> saying a lot yeah it's a big one it's a big one that's for sure so uh, what's your number six before we get into our top fives? 
Because num- I know you're five of Silence of the Lambs, so we'll kind of, yeah, yes. we'll get into it, yeah. My number six is the greatest sci-fi sequel ever made. 1991's Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Beautiful. The definitive film of the Terminator franchise, a film that showed the incredible capabilities of CGI with the T-1000, and an epic, epic movie that has still never been topped. It peaked the, fr- the franchise, and Terminator's been trying for 20 years, th- 30 years now, to get that back, and they can't. <laughs> it just Mm-mm. can't. Mm-mm. James Cameron topped himself with that movie, and it's so good. I mean, despite you know the annoying Edward Furlong, you've got Linda Hamilton as a fucking badass. You've got Arnold as a good guy, which is really cool. The good guy Terminator versus Robert Patrick's super evil, sadistic T-1000. Yes. Badass. Some of the, some incredible car chases, incredible action sequences. It's it's flawless. It's so much fun. And uh, I went to its uh, fan screening of that last November, which turned out to not be that. turned out to be, an act, in actuality, a surprise screening of the new Terminator, Dark Fate. Yes. blew my fucking mind at the yes. time. So that was really cool. I was a little bummed I didn't get to see T2. But I got to see Terminator <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dark yeah. Fate, which was really good. But, yeah, T2 is, for me, leagues better than the first one, which is already great. Yeah, yeah. But this one was on a completely different level just the like the futuristic tone the music and still the cgi still works it still looks great that's incredible that cgi when they were just starting to figure it out from 1991 looks way better than fucking cats <laughs> which came out last month yeah 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 <laughs> not that long ago yeah amazing james cameron does like one film every 10 years but when he does do a movie he really fucking delivers <laughs> yeah oh fucking yeah fucking hell he does the guy's kind of earned his ego i mean you look at like you know the terminator aliens t2 the abyss titanic true lies like the guy he's a rock star enough said beautiful <laughs> love that pick i was not 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 ready for that one didn't think didn't predict that one in my head <laughs> that's why we do it i think the rest of my list you can pretty much predict my top five is pretty yeah, I'm, I'm sensing some overlap coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I don't think this one at least. My number five, before we get into your number five, which we, we all know is Silence of the Lambs. My number five is going to be uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's 1997 Boogie Nights. Oh, hell yeah. Just watched that a couple days yeah, ago. Yeah, I just watched it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie Nights is one of the most rewatchable movies in my life. Um I don't feel the two hour and 35 minute runtime at all. I don't find that. I, I don't find that to be something that bogs me down with PTA because it's so rewarding. His characters are so fucking good. True. He writes for these actors. You know, I mean, I mean, come on, Boogie Nights. Do we want to go over the cast? Do we really, <laughs> there's like 30 people, you know, I don't know if we have the time, but you know, Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds, John C. Riley, Nicole Ray Parker, Don Cheadle, Heather Graham, PSH, William H. Macy, uh, I mean, Heather Graham, what, you know, do I need to keep going? Uh, who else am I forgetting? Alfred Molina, who am I forgetting? Um, Jesus, it, it is packed. Philip Baker Hall, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. Packed, packed, packed with people that are awesome. And it's like, they're all like firecrackers going off at once. You don't know what to look at. You don't know where to go. The camera, the editing is insane. PTA is obviously like, you know, finding his groove. Yeah. Uh, I think he found it already, but... 
uh, my God, you know, the, the classic, you know, roller coaster ride of the, the struggle, the ride up to fame, woohoo, up at the peak of success, and then the fucking fall. Rags you know, to riches to rags. Just, uh, it is, it's perfect. Rise and fall of Dirk Diggler. Yes, Dirk Diggler, you know, played by Mark Wahlberg, of course. Uh, if you haven't seen Boogie Nights, shame on you. <laughs> uh, it's a movie about the porn industry in the 70s <laughs> and then the 80s, so, uh, yeah. Somehow I, even seedier than it is today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it is incredible, man. Um, you know, I think every performance is like a knockout. I, I don't see a weak link anywhere. I think it's Marky Mark's best work he ever did. Uh, hands down. Like, not even not even close to me. You got Burt, the touch! Burt Reynolds is <laughs> unbelievable in this. He's like really, really going after it. He didn't even fucking want to do it. Nope. He and was, he, yeah, apparently he, it was, yeah, the, apparently the set of this is, it was, a, it was horrible, yeah. Uh, the only reason he didn't win an Oscar because he didn't believe in campaigning for it because he thought yeah. his, thought the movie was worthless. God. Yeah, yeah he like hated Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. Uh, John C. Riley. I mean, the, the first time we see John C. and Mark Wahlberg together and it's in the Boogie Nights and they say, how much you, uh, you know, how much you bench? And, you know, they like, just, they're just testing each other. Same it time. Perfect, you know. <laughs> you didn't say it, neither did you. you know? I love when he does the jackknife and John C. Riley's like, Pretty good. Yeah, well, but let me she, show you what you did yeah, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> all of them are trying to one up each other in every single thing they do. Oh yeah. It, yeah, I, they got to know yeah. who, in, like metaphorically, who's got the bigger dick. Yes, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boogie Nights is a fucking masterpiece. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I want to ask you, who's your favorite character? Oh man, my favorite character in Boogie Nights is Roller Girl. Oh, Heather Graham. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I mean gorgeous my god stunning you know uh she's she's so good in this you know she's roller girl she's you know a character that immediately we see is going to like entice yeah dirk diggler into you know eddie adams is yeah yeah, his real name into like getting into the industry and like start making movies and you know she's the bait yeah and yeah she's amazing yeah always wearing the roller skates she has that scene later on where she bashes that dude's head and you're like She's my favorite character for the wrong reasons. Yeah, but, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, Boogie later, Nights is yeah, it's my number five movie. <laughs> but like you know, yeah. later on with that scene where she does beat the shit out of the guy and says like you know, don't like I'm not worthless or whatever she said. Yeah, you, you feel for her because the she, music. Yeah, oh, man. she is a commodity. She's not a person anymore. She lost her humanity by selling her soul to the porn industry. Yeah. Because they're doing a fucking bang bus there, just like driving guys like, hey, you, you want to get in here? Like, how fucking degrading. That's what they're doing for porn now in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Jesus it's like, Christ. yeah, that's where it's falling. Video. Oh, man. Yeah. Boogie Nights is great. And like a hell of a move for Paul Thomas Anderson to have his second movie be a movie about the porn industry. Like, that really could have destroyed his career. Yeah. And it's like Boogie Nights is like, the tempo of it is like a fucking Scorsese movie. You're like, whoa, you know, yeah. the way it's moving and how like how dark it gets and how in depth of these characters and how we're like, we're seeing them do cocaine, you know, we're seeing them like, you know, wig out and, you know, overdose. And it's just like so brutal and so, so authentic. But it's this like 20 something year old guy 
Yeah. And you're like, whoa. If that, isn't he like 17 at the beginning of this movie? Oh, no, I'm talking about PTA. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. Eddie Adams is 17. But you know, still. P- yeah, yeah, yeah. In all <laughs> cylinders, in all fat. Yeah, yeah it's man. just, it, it is very a very impressive piece of work. We'll be talking about it more in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's going to be one of our films we're going to talk about in our Philip Seymour Hoffman episode. Which brings up my favorite character in the film, which would be Scotty J. Scotty J plays uh, a character who holds holds microphones, holds cameras, just God. does some you know behind the scenes work for for Burt Reynolds' character. And uh, I don't know if that would be like the best job or the worst job, the boom mic guy for a porn set. It worst, but yeah, it, Fuck. PSH man, I, yeah, you know he's just out of this world. H- amazing shot, super ballsy shot when PSH first sees uh, Eddie Adams at the pool. And it, it literally, the, the screen goes in like a telescope. You're like, what? Who fucking does this? But it works. You know, it works. It just works for that movie, the way it moves, the way it goes. And then he goes in and talks to John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg. And you're like, wow, the chemistry here. And PSH it just moves around like a chameleon, like it's nothing. Working with all these people. And he's, and he's the like outcast gay guy who's not quite right for the films. I love his character. Love yeah. little Bill, William H. Macy. My God. You know, of course, very dark um, path he has where he constantly finds his wife cheating and he ends up shooting himself at the New Year's party. And that's when the movie starts turning to, you know, starts getting dark. Oh, yeah. It, it is unbelievable. It's like a, it's like poetic, but it's about the porn industry. It's, it feels like a biopic. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's yeah. really amazing. That's why I say Scorsese. It feels like that kind of like, man, like gritty, like I'm there, I'm here, God, like, or like Francis Ford Coppola with the Godfather, you're like, is this real life? Like doc- the documentary type feel. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. <laughs> incredible, incredible stuff uh, from, from PTA. Yeah. Well, I'll be talking about him again. Oh yeah. We're going to go <laughs> at that one in length. That's going to be a frequent flyer. I can tell. <laughs> Boogie Nights is going to come up a lot. It's just future. one of those. There, well, there's so many people in it too. Yeah. So many, you know, when you're talking about actors, like, well, they were in Boogie Nights. So many people who were just starting out. (laughs) Yeah. And they're all over the place. PTA didn't, didn't really have like, you know, he definitely had his people, but like they were so different. So, you know, off the wall, uh, from Don Cheadle to Adam Sandler, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Love it. Remarkable. Right. Number five. Here we go. The Silence of the Lambs. This is my number 10. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this. The first horror movie to ever storm the Oscars. Won. Yeah, yeah. A, a, in fine fashion, winning the big... The big five. Yeah. Um, remarkable. Remind, remind the filmgasm listeners what the big five is. Big five at the Oscars are best picture, best director, best screenplay, best actor, best actress. Only three movies in history have ever won all five of those awards. That would be... 1934's It Happened One Night. Yes. 1975's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And 1991's The Silence of the Lambs. It'll probably never happen again. Uh, especially with a horror movie. Especially now, since <laughs> you know, the Oscars like to spread the wealth. Yeah. But this was a movie, one of the best movies to ever earn Best Picture. It is a phenomenal watch that still holds up. It's the easily the best of the Hannibal Lecter films. Like, no contest. Yeah. yeah. I'm close. Anthony Hopkins' greatest performance. One could argue Jodie Foster's greatest performance. I think so. From what I've seen, yeah. Yeah. Ted Levine, scary as fuck. Buffalo Bill, some kind of freaky like Ed Gein, Ted Bundy hybrid. Just and it's such a brilliant movie because it really teases you into who the villain is here. Yeah. Like 
it could, you know. It, it's, it's one of the first horror movies that I saw that fucked with my head. It did. It does. Because Hannibal Lecter is such a likable bad guy. He's a, you know, he's a murderer. He's a <laughs> yeah. cannibal. He eats but he's a, people. he's like a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> he, you want him to like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fascinating. Weird. I feel like he could talk me into anything. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. He still fools me when I watch the movie. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. You There's know? times where I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the bad guy. <laughs> I should hate him. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. God, man. And his, like, their chemistry is so beautiful. Yeah, you just sometimes find find it. Random. It's so them. random. It's one of those screenplay by Ted Talley. Just unbelievable work. <laughs> yeah. have, you, you know. um, have you read the book? No, not yet. I've read, not yet. I've read Silence, Red Dragon, and Hannibal. Yeah, you forget Hannibal Rising. Yeah. I tried to read that book; it's fucking horrible. But it's a great book. It's a yeah. perfect adaptation. I've heard, and it's just, it's it's great. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I, and like I said earlier, this is the only best picture that we both have. Yeah, from the nineties. I I think the best. So the 90s, we would have, you know, Dances with Wolves. We'd have this. We'd have... Unforgiven. We'd have Schindler's List. We'd have Force Comp. Braveheart. The English Patient. Titanic. Shakespeare in Love. love, American Beauty. Beauty. So, yeah. This is by far the best one. A lot of those didn't deserve it. A lot of those were... No. Yeah. No. I think we could actually go through each year and, like, quickly choose a different one. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It's, like, not that hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they they missed a lot, but Sons of Lambs, like you said, big five. Oh yeah, earned it. Fucking earned every Oscar it got for sure. One of the early episodes of Filmgasm. Yes. We did that in like the first ten, I think. Yeah, we'll we'll revisit it sometime. Yeah. And it, like you know, it'll be one of those movies that just comes up because it's like the. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like one of the. It's like the mecca of psychological horror thriller, just getting at you and creeping the shit out of you. Extremely creepy. It's not the it's not the clap or jump scares. It's the no. like eye to eye. It's fuck. Who do I trust? Yeah, yeah, he's not talking to Clarice. He's talking to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, looking straight through your soul. <laughs> it's beautiful. Wonderful film. Beautiful movie. Yeah, there, I, I knew we both have that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh man, I adore it. All right, we, we, we've been we've been both making. Um, Connor and I have both been making a top one hundred. Uh, th- th- this. A top 100 films of all time, any of anything, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll plan on doing something with it with the website podcast later. Yeah, but I, I Sons of Lambs was the one of the first horror movies that just was like, yeah, that's going in there. I know it. Is. I just know it. It's one of those. It's a very special horror movie it for is. sure. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> glad we both had it. <laughs> of course. So that's your number five. Yeah. So mine was Boogie. Yours was Sons of Lambs. So all right, number four. Um, I'm gonna be bringing up Quentin Tarantino here. 1997, Jackie Brown. Oh, hell yeah. Jackie ah, Brown. yes. Across 110th Street. I love Jackie <laughs> Brown. I love Pam Greer. I love Quentin Tarantino. I love Robert De Niro. I love Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> this movie is kick-ass, uh, to say the least. Um, it's not as, you know, of course, it's the probably least poppy, least go-getter out of all the Tarantino films. It's the most, you know, laid back. I think that's because it's based on... Elmore Leonard's novel. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not technically his, so it's not technically Tarantino's. But he made it his own for damn oh, sure. Oh, yes, he did. Made his, it made his own, and that's, you know, there, there are some brutal scenes here. <laughs> it's just for Tarantino, it's a little, little watered down compared to what we're used to. <laughs> but I find that to be a sign of the man's genius. I find that to be a sign of his 
if he's able to adapt and, and do that. And, and you know, um, Max Cherry is my favorite Tarantino character of all time. That's Robert Forster. Rest in peace, my man. Yeah. We love you here at Film Chasm. You're the best part of El Camino. <laughs> um, and you're my favorite part of this movie, obviously. I, I, I adore Max Cherry. I I find this movie, this the subtleness of it, the the mind, the kind of like lower stakes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not low, but compare, you know, when like movies are like millions and millions of dollars, this is more just like normal people trying to screw each other over. Yeah. And I fucking love that. I love that. That's just, that's just some, it's up my, it's so far up my alley. The dialogue is whip fast. Samuel L is on a different level. Uh, You know, AK 47, the gun you need to kill every motherfucker (laughs) in the room, you know, (laughs) absolutely positively. It's just, you know, yeah, it's awesome. It's a genius piece of work. Uh, I always battle with that one in my next one that I'll bring up for my favorite Tarantino movie. It's a constant battle in my mind. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Number four for you. Number four for me is Martin Scorsese's masterpiece, 1990s Goodfellas. I do not have. Wow. Goodfellas. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Because you said five. That's That was the one. Wow. That's what I was talking about. Damn. Yeah. No Goodfellas. Wow. For me. Well, Goodfellas is one of my favorite crime thrillers of all time. I think it's a fantastic biopic. Oh, yes. It's, of course, as I said, Scorsese's masterpiece. It's a film that should have taken best picture. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yeah. Hands down, it's leagues better than Dances with Wolves. Oh, yeah. No contest. They're not even the same. Yeah. It's not even the same sport. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't Uh, no fucking ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's this true story of Henry Hill, a half-Irish, half-Italian gangster who got in deep with a crime family in New York and eventually screwed himself so bad he had to get out by ratting them all out. And this is his story of the mob. It was the first glimpse that we ever got into the real inner workings of the mafia through uh, Nicholas Pileggi's novel, Wise Guy. And him and Scorsese adapted the book into Goodfellas and created one of the most enduring gangster flicks of all time. A true masterpiece. And so fucking gritty. Oh my god, yeah. Amazing soundtrack that just takes you from fucking Tony Bennett all the way to fucking Sid Vicious. Yes, it's yes, yes. <laughs> Absurdity. Oh, wonderful. De Niro, one of his best performances. Joe Pesci's best work ever. Definitely. Ray Liotta's best work. Definitely. And just, yeah, so many little moments in this movie. Ah, <laughs> oh, Wonderful. Yeah, Scorsese is, like you said, his masterpiece. Uh, yeah, no, Goodfellas is definitely right there. It's right right outside of my my top ten. I knew you were going to be shocked by that. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not as big of, of a... I love his work, but I'm not as big of a fan, I think, as you are. Uh, it, you know, yeah. we're, 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 you know I, I find the, the Anderson, the Wes Anderson and the Paul Thomas, you know, that's where I, I think Scorsese is more up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. But not to say that I don't love Goodfellas, and I agree with you 100%. It is just light years ahead of Dances with Wolves. That is one of the biggest stupid upsets. Yeah. I'd say right behind Brokeback and Crash. Uh, just like, what the fuck are y'all thinking? Did y'all see the same movie? Did y'all watch the same <laughs> shit that we did? Because yeah, Goodfellas is like thrilling as hell. Like, it's just up and down and up and down and, you know, cocaine induced. You know, it's just nuts. It's nuts. 
Um, my my one complaint about Goodfellas is Ray Liotta. Really? Not a fan. Hmm. Uh, obviously his best work. <laughs> but I just don't think he's up to par with all the other guys. And it's sometimes it's like distracting. Well, I mean, you put Ray Liotta in a movie with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Yeah. He is going to outshine nobody. Yeah, but that's my point is maybe choose I get that, else. but I think he does hold his own. Yeah. I think he's... I don't like Ray Liotta in pretty much anything else. Like, this is kind of it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I like him because he plays... He's not supposed to be the tough guy. Mm-hmm. De Niro is the tough guy. Pesci yeah. is the crazy guy. Yeah. Liotta is the in-over-his-head guy. Yes. He's the guy who doesn't realize until it's too late that this is not a good life. He's, you know, he's a cokehead. The whole, my most of the movie. Yeah, That's the guy who's tripping up, safe. thinking shit's up. And yeah. he plays a strung-out... Fuckhead really well. So for me, yeah, I think Leota was the perfect guy. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of his. Like you said, I don't like him anything else. And I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure if I think he is holding his own against. That's just, that's just my opinion. You know, I've seen, I've seen it a lot. Yeah, you know, it's one of those. But, but, but it's like right there. That's if I'm critiquing it. If I had something wrong with it. Like, but there is... There really is nothing wrong with Scorsese and Goodfellas. Yeah. Every movie in my top 10 is a 10. 100%. Same. Yeah. And there's, honestly, I could have 15 10s. This is a couple I cut out, including Goodfellas, that I'd probably count as a 10. I'd give Goodfellas a 9 or a 10. Yeah, for sure. Fucking Christ. Good movies. <laughs> uh, so that was your four? Yes. Shit. All right. So my number three, uh, like I said, i bring up Tarantino again. That'd be 1994's Pulp Fiction. Ha <laughs> ha! Holy shit, that is also my number three. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, you know. Wow. <sighs> we we talked about, uh, you know, uh, Shawshank is going to be your number two. We talked about that. You know, it's from the same year as Pulp Fiction. I think Shawshank should have won Best Picture and all that. But Pulp Fiction is like for the people. You know, it's like for the, the culture, you know. Um, yeah. It's probably the most... Shit. It's one of the most significant films of the 90s. <laughs> it kind of defines the 90s. Yeah, when I think 90s, I'm like, Pulp. Yeah, Pulp, yeah. Pulp, Pulp. Tarantino, like, just... You know, master, mastermind. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus Christ. I battle with, yeah, this and Jackie Brown. Um, Reservoir Dogs didn't quite find a spot in my I top know. 10. It was tough. Very tough. Yeah, it was tough to cut out. Love Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Love all of Tarantino's early work. My God. Uh, yeah, Pulp Fiction, so special. You know, oh, yeah. we talked about, you know, that was our first Weird Shit Wednesday was Tarantino, episode five. We talked about in depth all the movies, and I think we talked about Pulp Fiction probably the longest. It's that one. <laughs> it's that one that, you can point to everybody loves it. Uh, the writing is awesome. <laughs> he got a screenplay win at the Oscars. Hell yeah. Uh, the, the acting. I mean, who's your favorite Pulp Fiction? Is it John Travolta? Is it Vincent Vega? Or, or As of yours? now, yes. It's yeah. Vincent Vega. Yeah, I think it's mine too. Because I just love seeing John Travolta play a badass. Yeah, on the hair. Yeah, it's Before all. Before yeah. he lost it all again with. Yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. Battlefield Earth. Yeah. But. Pulp Fiction Travolta is the fucking bomb. And his chemistry with Sam Jackson is flawless. Every scene they're in is electrifying. And it's all dialogue. It's just, all of his movies are so dialogue heavy because he's the master at just people shooting the shit. Yeah, because they're not saying anything. He's been there, you know? He's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, we we actually talked about, yeah, we talked about like our favorite scenes from Pulp Fiction. And my favorite chunk is is the, the Gimp, you know? That's yeah. why it's not that part in particular, but the whole build up to that is like, oh my God, 
motherfucker. So you got yeah, so you got Butch, you got Butch Bruce Willis going back. You know, like I the watch. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and and fucking Vince Vega's there. <laughs> Bedside table on the toilet on the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like you said, he goes, but Ving Rang sees him, motherfucker. They get on the street, they're both <laughs> limping, shooting. It's just nutty, you know. And you're just like, Twin Tarantino thought of this in his in his fucking mind, and and, and actually did it. You know, there's been times where I'm daydreaming, like, oh, what are you? thinking about stuff no he did it like he put that those wild ass wacky dark visions and he puts them on the screen and i can't thank him enough for it because it's like i like weirdly relate to this like i love this storytelling don't know how to explain that but i do pulp fiction is so fucking important to to the culture like you said it's the night it's like the 90s staple it's that one it's right in the middle of the 90s right mm, smack dab i think that if he had, perfect if tarantino had never done pulp fiction he never would have become quentin Nope. It never would have happened. I think he knows that. He would have had Reservoir Dogs, and then that probably would have been it. But Pulp Fiction cemented him in... Like if Jackie Brown would have been in his second yeah, film? Yeah, no, it wouldn't have nope. worked out. Pulp nope. Fiction put him in the pop in pop culture forever. And it just proved to everybody that this guy is going to be one of the greats. And it allowed him to do Jackie Brown. Yeah, and then allowed him, the him to do to, Kill Bill. Yeah, it gave him the clout to do whatever fuck he wanted. proof, yeah. Amazing. And he's like, hey, you know what? I want to make a, I want to make a World War II movie where things go a little bit differently. Hey, I want to make a, a, a movie about slavery that goes a little bit differently. Hey, I'm gonna fuck up the Manson family. Yeah. Hey, I want to. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. It's just genius. Hey, I want to oh. make, I want to make a western where we're like in the same house the whole time. How does that sound? Any studio. Yeah. And that's just, it's Tarantino. Yeah. My God. Do what you hear. Here's money. Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. And like we like rely on him to do this. He's that good. He's done it nine times now. They were like, you need to bring it every time. Like, yeah. we expect greatness. Oh, for sure. And I, I, yeah, I love him. He's yet to disappoint. Pulp Fiction is the shit. It is the shit. <laughs> it's a movie you can throw on at any time and yeah. just dive right into. Goddamn. You get lost in it. It's amazing. It's so funny and it's so fucked up, but it's so great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, talk, when I talk about it, I'm like, I want to go home and watch it. I know, right? <laughs> or like, yeah, and like, we quoted all the goddamn time, you know? We, we quoted earlier talking about, I think, I don't know, Boogie Nights or something. We were, we were saying not in the same ballpark, yeah. not in the same league. Uh, yeah, you know. Or we were talking about Sounds of Lambs. We were talking about the other movies, how they're not in the same, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> stratosphere. Yeah, Pulp Fiction, man. Just wicked, wicked important to the 90s. Wicked important to movie lovers like us. It's one of those that you see... Uh, same with Shawshank, where I'm like, oh, movies are good. Okay, cool. You know, let's yeah. find out what else. I actually saw Reservoir Dogs first. Uh, I saw that when I was like 14, and I was like, holy shit, you know. And then I saw Pulp Fiction right away after, you know. Yeah. I'm glad it went that way for me. I know a lot of people probably saw Pulp first because it's the, it's the mecca. It's the big one. I saw Kill Bill two first. Wow. That That's amazing. I love that. I yeah. love that. It's always cool. To I didn't know that. what the fuck was going on, <laughs> but I was like, this is pretty cool. And then I, I just backtracked from there. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just get, yeah, you just get. I was like 10, I was like 10 or 11. My mom didn't want me watching Kill Bill one because it was very violent. And, uh, my uncle took it upon himself to introduce me to Tarantino. I think we started with, with Pulp Fiction. Then we went to Reservoir Dogs, then Jackie Brown. We just worked our way through it. And I became a fan immediately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we did the same thing with the Coen brothers. That was, those were the early days when I was just, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Just I didn't know any of this shit. It. And then get... it just became my entire life. 
Yeah. And here, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. With it ranked at number three on our top 10 nineties list. Hell yeah. And it ain't fucking moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, all right. So remind me where we're at. We have three for both of us, Pulp Fiction. Yep. And we know your two is Shawshank. Shawshank. Okay. Then I know what your one is. Uh, it's obvious because my number two is the same thing. That'd be the Coens, the Big Lebowski, Fucking 1998. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Well, this ain't the yeah, that's my number one. It was obvious. It was yeah. like, oh, okay. Where was that fucker? There it is. That's crazy. Yeah, my two-year one. All mm, right. I had a feeling that was coming. Um, so it leaves my one. Well, that's last. Uh, yeah, the Big Lebowski. Holy shit! We've talked about Shawshank. Um. We've had a lot of overlay, a lot of overlap here. That's I great. Knew it was gonna happen. We knew it was gonna happen. So we've had four, I believe. Sansa Lamps, yeah. Shawshank, yeah. Pulp and yep. Lebowski, yep, yep. Knew those were coming. Ah. Fucking hell. <sighs> well, the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. How do we? Episode twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, that was our weird shit Wednesday on the Coens. Uh, talked about every movie that yeah. they've done, and we, we watched will. all of them. We I did, mean, yeah. It was, it was like homework it was intense but it was fun like pretty much the entire time almost the entire time and we will eventually be doing something on just lebowski it's one of those movies that we yeah i mean yeah yeah. jesus we gotta unpack that shit you know you know you know roger deakins filmed this movie really yeah i did not this the guy who did 1917 (laughs) who is the cinematographer for 1917 Big Lebowski. Well, I did not know that. There's a reason there's a reason Lebowski stands as strong as it does. And I think people don't quite know what it is. They don't know what to put their they don't know what to say. They're a lot of like bros have it like in their dorm room. And you're like, ah fuck, I don't want to be associated with those guys. <laughs> so you're like, what what is it that I love about it? What is it? Is it, you know, the symbolism? Is it just the acting? Is it just the dialogue? And I'm like, you know what? It's fundamentally made pretty much perfectly. The way it's filmed, the way it's shot, the way it moves is stellar. Like, and it's so out there. It's like, unlike any of these other movies I have, it's, it's like, it feels like, it's like an acid trip. It's like, what is, what is going on? But I, I, but I love it. I'm on board. I'm on board every time. I don't, I don't care. Right when, right when I see these guys in the bowling alley and I see them with their Miller lights and smoking cigarettes, I'm like, I'm just so in. And I'm so convinced that this is real. <laughs> this is like a real place, real time and place, you know? And I love going there, man. I love the Big Lebowski so much. <laughs> Obviously, it's your number one, so take it away, man. <laughs> All right. Lebowski, I watched it for the first time at a beach house with my parents. And I have i don't think I've ever laughed harder in my life. I no, couldn't no. believe that what this movie was. I've watched it maybe a hundred times since. Yeah, yeah. It is hilarious. It is me it i think it's because the stakes are non-existent this movie has nothing going on but it's so perfect to watch these idiots just flounder on this ridiculous quest for fuck all it's you got the dude just this lazy pothead bowler who's in over his head because he wanted his rug back that's what this whole thing's about. Yeah, yeah. Some dickhead broke into his apartment and pissed on his rug. Yeah, and he was like stoned, and he was like, "Fuck." And his I best want friend that. is this nut job Walter Subcheck, who takes this really personally. Both our favorite, <laughs> are both our favorite Cohen character of Maybe all time. Maybe my favorite movie character of all time ever. <laughs> Period. Yeah. yeah. John Goodman is a goddamn national treasure because and, um, of Walter Subcheck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. Are you listening to the dude's story, Donnie? 
Were you listening to the dude's story? You're like a child, wandering. <laughs> Life does not stop and start at your convenience, you miserable piece of shit. God damn. Oh, it's well, unbelievable. God. Yeah. Walter's the man. And then on top of that, you've got Steve Buscemi as Donnie. As well, yeah. Cool. I mean, supporting third cast. Yeah. John Turturro Julianne as Jesus. Moore, David Huddleston, John Polito, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Flea. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking, yeah. oh my God. Peter Stormare. It never stops. And it's a movie that will never stop because it's so pointless. <laughs> it's just, it is just, it's smoking pot. It's what, you, this, it's what you see when you smoke pot. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it moves like nothing else. No. The Big Lebowski was... is, uh, yeah, it's just like a haze. Even, like you said, I've seen it like a hundred times too. It's like I forget the order of things. I know, right? Because you're like, fuck, man. <laughs> it's so good. So damn good. It's like you're, you know, you're down the rabbit hole with the with the dude. You don't know what what the fuck's going on. You don't know why the fuck anything's going on. Yeah. All you know is that all the dude ever wanted was his rug back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of my favorite movies, and it's an absolute masterpiece. And it's the Coens' masterpiece. Yeah, it's my favorite Coens. Yeah, Their follow favorite, up yeah. to Fargo. Like what the fuck? It was. It made nothing, but it's become. Maybe the greatest cult movie of all time. I yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm. We got to do a full episode on Lebowski at some point. Have I to. got so much to unpack. <laughs> I get so excited when it, mm. whenever it gets brought up. Yeah, I just, I, oh man. And I love, I love how many shirts I see. Like I work at the, I work at a huge grocery store, so I, I'll see all kinds of people, all ages, and I, I love how many shirts I see. Oh, like dude abides or, like, I love that. I love how many people this movie has touched and it's always like, yeah, man, like I love that movie. Like it's so much fun. You know, it's, it's just like a positive part of their life. And I feel that way too. It's what, yeah. it, it like touches me in such like a unique way. Well, you know? One of my favorite parts about it is that like the dude <coughs> is, he's a good guy. He's a good friend. Just a dude. Yeah. Like, just normal. Guy. Yeah. Like his landlord who comes to him and says like, Hey, I'm doing my dance thing at this theater. And I really huh, appreciate far it. If you went there. Yeah. In the middle of all his crazy shit. He goes there. The sports friend. He's like, yeah, I told him I'd be there, so I'm there. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Even Walter. He just keeps him around. I, I think know. because Walter doesn't have any friends. You're a travesty, man. Yeah. But he's like, who else is he going to hang out? He'll he'll be really lonely. He'll lose his mind if he can't talk to me about his fake-ass Vietnam stories. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Well, it's not a literal connection, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, phenomenal movie. I couldn't, I couldn't say enough. <laughs> Wondrous. Yeah. Wondrous. Oh man. Well, that leaves just my number one. Um, you know what it is? Oh yes. It's nineteen ninety nine. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Written by Paul Thomas Anderson. Magnolia. Magnolia. Magnolia is the most like, <laughs> most pretentious, <laughs> up its ass movie of all time. <laughs> I'm okay with I I can admit that. <laughs> I think every performance is a, is a knockout. Tom Cruise at his best. PSH subtly at his best somehow without even he's like you don't even notice him. Jason Robards just before he died. Um and Jason Robards would hang out and talk with PTA a lot, right? During this movie when they 
Yeah. Where when they're off, you know, the cameras cameras not rolling anymore. Jason Robards was a big '60s actor. He was a Cheyenne and Once Upon a yeah. Time in the West. Yeah, big time actor. Also a Navy veteran. A lot of the stuff that happens in the Master, which is you know Paul Thomas Anderson's masterpiece from 2012, he used a lot of the stories that Robards told him as he was dying, wow. filming Magnolia, his huh. Navy stories for Joaquin Phoenix's character. My God, who's a Navy veteran. Huh. Very cool. Wow. Very cool piece of Magnolia. Ma- Magnolia is like this gem that I've, I found so many little things that are so cool about it. And it's so big. It's this epic three hour, you know, monster movie about everything. You know, it brings up so much, so regret, you know, love it's about life. Yeah. Yeah. Just abuse, you know, um, money. I mean, uh, yeah, everything like, yeah, life. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. You, yeah, I think when you, when you saw it for the first time, like just what a month ago or a couple months yeah, roughly, ago? Yeah. You were like, yeah, I see why it's your favorite. Like it's definitely, I like movies that bring up, bring it up, you know, bring things up from the surface and like, let's see what's going on and yeah. ask those questions. Uh, I'll point out to give, if, if you haven't seen Magnolia, here's how I would sell you on it. Um, cause I watched this scene earlier today cause I love Magnolia and I watch those scenes. I watch scenes from it a lot. So Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise is this wild, wild character who's, you know, extremely misogynistic. And thinks that he can essentially control women to get what he wants. Respect the, the cock. cock. Tame the cunt. Oh, sorry. That was... Yeah, he's a fuckhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That's like his actual motto. So yeah, yeah so he's being interviewed. Um, and he's, 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 he's like a wild dog. Yeah. Literally, he's, he's doing that, you know. Um, his hair's long. He was, he was nominated for an Oscar here. I think he should have gotten it. <laughs> he was, he's amazing. He, he immediately, you know, turns on this weird, this weird energy because he knows this person's talking to this woman is talking to him, interviewing him about his respect the cock, tame the cunt. It's like this huge, huge thing he sells at conferences. And, you know, yeah. it's this, this motto. And these he's the books. Tony Robbins of misogyny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and watching Tom Cruise from that, you know, you watch him being interviewed to later in the film, he's, con- he's confronting his father who's passing away. I just you know, what's happening in between is stuff with all these other characters. But I always, when I think about Magnolia, I think about that storyline. Yeah. The storyline of Frank TJ Mackey, just, man, it is, it was raw. I was not expecting that power from Tom Cruise. So PSH is not supposed to be in that shot. Really? But he was like freaking out because Tom, he didn't know what Tom Cruise was going to do. So he just got really emotional. Because yeah, and he just stood there. Wow. He just stood there. Like, he's supposed to, like, leave. He's supposed to leave the room. Oh, my God. He's supposed to, like, go get something or something from, like, the kitchen. But he, like, stays right there. And he's like this. You know, you can see him at one point. You can see him in the, in the shot. Because he was just, he's like, oh, my God. Like, Tom Cruise turned something else on. And so there's moments like that in Magnolia where I'm like, you can just tell. Julianne Moore, some, might, some may say she's overacting. I disagree. Uh, that's fine. You know, I, that's fine to believe that. I, I think she's a wonder, wonderful performer. I don't know if she's overacting. I just hate her character. That's fine too. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's crazy. She's insane. Yeah. She's lost. I mean, William H. Macy. Come on. Ugh. Oof. He was sad. Yeah. Uh, who else, man? I mean, <laughs> this movie's yeah, this movie's powerful. John C. Riley is the cop. Unbelievable scenes with him. I love the like narrating that he's doing. And he's saying, you know, like, oh, if I can just be, you know, do one good deed, you know, per day, then 
that's a good day. You know, he's just talking to himself, getting himself through the day as a cop. I love the opener of Ricky Jay talking about the crazy ass stories of people who died. Oh my God, the intro? The intro is incredible. The intro that has Patton Oswalt in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that intro is great where, yeah, Greenberry Hill has the, yeah. Oh, this must be one of those things. Oh, it's not that. Yeah. I was it's immediately just, like, what kind of movie is like, this? Yeah, you get the chill. Whoa, yeah. yeah. It's just a cool, yeah. I remember, I, I sh- whenever I show that to people, they're like, fuck, like, <laughs> what an awesome, what a, you know, captivating intro. It really is. It's, and it, it kind of holds on to those themes the whole time, you know, of this intertwining and how we all are connected. We're all part of the human race and we all have these struggles that are actually pretty similar if we just talk about them. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then there's there's a finale that is just fucking off the wall. <laughs> completely, you know, completely out there. Yeah, I highly suggest this just came on Netflix recently. Yes, it did. Along yes. with the master. Paul Thomas Anderson is my guy. He's my favorite director, favorite writer ever, hands down. Like I just I adore the man. And and Magnolia is always gonna be my favorite movie of all time. Not just from the nineties, but ever. Um I, I don't see how it's gonna get passed. I connect with it far too heavy and I find things new and, and I just adore absolutely adore Amy Mann's soundtrack. Amy Mann, Fiona Apple, Paul Thomas Anderson, those 90s cats are just, they're a different breed. Uh, the creativity that was going on at that time is just right up my alley, right up. It's for me, it's what I connect with. Uh, I'm a part of that audience and I, I'm like proud to be. I love love PTA. As arrogant, as pretentious as he comes across, um, love I love his work and that's, that's what we're here to talk about. It's the movies, so. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, Magnolia's my number one. So you want to go back over? Yeah, back over our ten here. What? What a what a fucking decade. I know, right? <laughs> Fuck, this was hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll give my ten then you. All yeah. right. So uh, my ten was Silence of the Lambs, nineteen ninety one. Number nine, Menace to Society, nineteen ninety three. Number eight, Slacker, nineteen ninety one. Number seven, Bottle Rocket, nineteen ninety six. Number six, Shawshank Redemption, nineteen ninety four. Number five. Boogie Nights, 1997. Number four, Jackie Brown, 1997. Number three, Pulp Fiction, 1994. Number two, The Big Lebowski, 1998. And number one, Magnolia, 1999. Fantastic. And mine was number 10, The Mummy. Number nine, Toy Story. Number eight, Army of Darkness. Number seven, Mars Attacks. Number six, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Number five, The Silence of the Lambs. Number four, Goodfellas. Number three, Pulp Fiction. Number two, The Shawshank Redemption. And number one, The Big Lebowski. Those are our top ten favorite films of the 1990s. Enough said. We will be doing the 80s in due time. Yeah, yeah, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll follow it up at some point in the 70s. Yeah, and that's probably where we'll stop because the 60s yeah. are on. We have so much more we have to see so, before we can make yeah, that call. Just, just off the top of your head, how many 60s films do you think you've seen? Less than 20. Yeah, I was going yeah. to guess 20 to 25. Yeah, I'm not confident. And I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I probably remember like 12 of them really yeah. well. I got to really... So yeah, but the 70s, different story. Seen a oh, lot. Yes. 80s, way different story. So yeah. I've seen too many. We're 80s. very very confident on the 70s and 80s. Very excited about that. Uh, be, on, be on the lookout for those. But uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I encourage people to look back in the 90s because it's so hard to order them. Yeah. And figure out which ones are like actually important to you. You know, like Jurassic Park, man. I, thought, cut, I was... thought about that one for a long time. Goodfellas. Fuck. I mean, Before Sunrise by Linklater. I, they're just, ugh. The Matrix, Fight Club. You know. 
I was I was uh, really surprised you didn't have Fight Club. Yeah, it's my second favorite from 1999, which yeah. was a special, special year. But I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, my, you know, it's I just really tough. struggle with um, As Good As It Gets. I oh, really wanted to put that one. Hol- hilarious and just touching. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Nicholson is amazing. The Lion King. There's a lot of animated I had that I had to cut. Had to just look at. Yeah, mm-hmm. just be like, all right, here we go. My yeah. God. So tough. I can't believe I didn't have Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah. That was 1990. I thought that was going to be like one year back mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, I was going to be like 8, 9, or 10 for you. But yeah. I, had to, I had to make a call. That's fucking hard. It's really hard, but you know, you've, <laughs> you've got to kill your darlings. That's yes. the beauty of the top 10. You've got to be definitive. Mm-hmm. And I think we were pretty definitive. Hell yeah. yeah. We've done three of these so far, and these are just a fucking blast. They're a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to just kind of, yeah, rehash, like, in your own mind, like, what you love. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, again, comparing The Big Lebowski to Shawshank, it's just so much fun. <laughs> so much fun to do that. And, like, look at it in your head, you're like, well, which one's for me? You know, it doesn't mean, like, you have to agree, you know? Like, obviously, The Big Lebowski is very important to both of us. Yeah. And so is Pulp Fiction. But I don't quite feel as strongly about Shawshank as you do. I don't... I love that. I love that there's like those little differences and that what that's what makes you a little bit different as a fan. Yeah. And that's why we should talk about them is because we're all different. Exactly. And that's kind of the point of this is to see what we can do. And see who we are at our core. These movies define who we are very much. Oh, yeah. I also, real quick, I talked to you about this. I made a mistake. (laughs) Here we go. I made a mistake with my 2010s. I've talked about Paul Thomas Anderson a lot. I didn't have the master in my top 10 uh, from the past decade, from the 2010s. Uh, I recently watched it again because we're talking about Paul, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman soon on our Weird Shit Wednesday. What number will that be? Uh, episode 50. Yeah, fi- yeah that's right. Yeah, PSH is 50. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so when we do that, you know, obviously we'll talk about the master a lot because he's great in it. I, I cannot believe I didn't have that in my top 10. I don't know what took me so long to find out. How much I loved about, you know, I think this is like my fourth or fifth time uh, watching it all the way through. I saw it in theaters when I was 17. Um, I'll, I'll say it went over my head. Yeah. Went way over my head. It is a intellectual film. And at 17, I just wasn't there yet as a movie fan. Uh, I am there now, though, as far as being a fan of his and really, really trying to find find what it is that everybody's, everybody's like, oh my God, that's his best movie. The Master, you know, The Master. And I'm like, all right, like... I, this is my favorite guy. I even wrote, you know, maybe a little less than a year ago, I wrote a top five Paul Thomas Anderson. I didn't even have the master in my top five PTA. I had Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love, and Inherent Vice. No. It would be, now it would be Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, The Master, Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love. That's just how I feel now. And I'm, I'm kind of upset that I did that, that I, I probably should have watched it again. Before he did that, because that was the one I felt shaky about. It was like my number 12 or something. I had it just outside the top 10. But now, I just want to clear the air. <laughs> but this is what's good about doing the top 100. Is it like, It's like a running thing. Yeah. And we'll talk about those later. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would insert it now for sure. If we redid that, <laughs> that would be the only thing. Uh, but the 2000s, I, I, when I listened to it back, I was like, I feel so strongly about those. Uh, and for the rest of the 2010s, I feel very strongly about. So yeah, I would have to take one out and put that in. That's just, it, that's just how it goes sometimes when you when you uh, rewatch something and sure give it enough. give it that second chance. Yeah, sometimes a second chance can be the you know, defining moment. Really, like. I think you said 
what movie was it? What Cohen movie was it that you say it was like four or five times? Simple. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the first time I liked that. I didn't get it. And the first time I watched it, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. And I wrote it off. Second time, I was like, there's some, this, this isn't bad. Third time, I was like, this is, this is fucking awesome. This yeah. is a masterpiece. Yeah. And I think it was because I wasn't intellectually ready to deal with it. Yeah, like, and, and you know, the master talks about pretty yeah intense stuff. I saw Blood Simple when I was like 16, and I'm like, this kind of sucks. There you go. I watched yeah. it again in college, and I'm like, this is pretty good. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta yeah. go through some shit mm-hmm. to appreciate some stuff. It's the way it works. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in the master, I think I needed to know what, like, alcohol like did to your body. Cause that movie is definitely dives deep into alcoholism. You know, I just, I, I think there's things you kind of have to like know or go through or yeah. Or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just like you said, experience just kind of, but yeah, I just want to say that, you know, been talking about PTA a lot, I guess during this nineties one, I was just wondering, yeah, I mean, I, I'm always rewatching things to give it another, give it another go. I think that's important. Even if, even if you like it a lot, see if, see if you don't like it as much as you know, Sometimes, I've had that too. Sometimes I'll watch a movie that I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I love this movie. And I'm like, actually. That's a bummer moment, but hey. I, it does happen. Yeah. Mm. Occasionally. But yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it. You just keep for going. Sure. Keep watching. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on this awesome bonus episode. That was a blast. Uh, stay tuned for Blade this Wednesday, another movie that I had a difficulty not putting in my top 10. Hey, great movie. <laughs> and, and, and then, yeah, the bonus for that one, we won't spoil it yet. I also had a hard time. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Our bonus for Blade is kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it was so tough to, <laughs> to leave off. Yeah. So we'll see you next Wednesday. Can't wait. Bye-bye.